0: Community Matters, the podcast that brings you conversations that are critical to managing and governing condos, cooperatives, and homeowner associations. I'm your host, Tony Campisi, Executive Director of the Keystone Chapter of Community Associations Institute. Tune in each episode for the insights and information that are key to inspiring professionalism, effective leadership, and responsible citizenship ideals reflected in community associations that are preferred places to call home. Today, I'm speaking with Joan Battori, Chair of the Green Task Force at The Philadelphian, a high-rise condominium in Philadelphia. The Green Task Force has implemented many programs to increase the sustainability efforts of the building and unit owners at the condo, and we'll be discussing those programs and how other community associations may implement these ideas as well. Before we get to our topic today, here's a brief word from our sponsor, Hoffman HOA Law. I'm Ed Hoffman with Hoffman Law LLC. Hoffman Law LLC is a recognized leader in community association law. We're known for our responsiveness, legal acumen, leadership in the association industry, and our unwavering focus and commitment to education. You can learn more about us at our website, hoffmanhoalaw.com. Hoffman Law LLC is proud to sponsor this episode of the Community Matters Podcast. Joan, welcome to Community Matters Podcast, and why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Hello, Tony. Thanks for having me here today. It's good to see you again, as always. I am currently the Chair of the Philadelphian Green Task Force. We are a green committee formed in 2006 to help our ability to become the greenest building in the city and environs. Prior to that, I was appointed by Mayor Rendell as the City Recycling Coordinator. And prior to that, the Chester County Board of Commissioners appointed me to help 73 municipalities in Chester County develop their recycling programs to comply with the new Recycling Act 101.
0: And I should say for our listeners that Joan and I have worked together in the past on some of these issues, and and it was Joan's concept, the the, the Philadelphia Condo Congress, um, a number of years ago, which focused on sustainability issues for condos in the city. So it's good to see you again, Joan. How did you become an expert in recycling and sustainability?
1: I'll blame my father, who took me on nature trips when I was a kid. But other than that, I got a master's degree in environmental studies, founded the Camden County Environmental Studies Center, was employed after that by the National Park Service. In the meantime, served on the New Jersey Pinelands Commission. We developed a management plan to preserve over one million acres of environmentally sensitive acreage in the New Jersey Pine Barrens. So I brought forward a green sensitivity and an inquiry about what would make the world a greener place to live. I applied it through my chosen profession and appointments that were made by other entities who saw an interest in me to becoming what I am today.
0: So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about the Philadelphian Green Task Force and how it got started?
1: Uh, The Philadelphian is the largest condominium building in the city, we have over 1,000 residents. In 2006 through 2008, our board took the, a very courageous move to update our 40 plus year old building at the time. And we did an entire over, overhaul of our infrastructure, 8,000 windows, 2,000 heating and cooling units, thermostatically controlled uh, air conditioning and heating, We renovated our entire mechanical system, and one of our residents said, we've done so much here, why don't we form a green committee to help our residents become part of this extraordinary movement to make our building energy efficient? So in 2008, we were formed. We now have and have had about a 12-member resident volunteer committee, and we feel very proud about what we're doing here.
0: What are some of the goals of the task force?
1: Right now, again, it's to save money while saving resources for all of our residents here uh, by making our building the most energy efficient building we can in the city, given its age, which we've done very well so far. And we're hoping to share that expertise with other condominium buildings in the city as well, which we're well on track to doing through this new organization that has just been formed to do just that.
0: So in your introduction, you noted a lot of um, very professional experience in this area. So how does that, how do you apply that to your work with the Green Task Force? Well, first of
1: all, I was always in a management position. So managers do what managers do. I, um, I have organizational planning and planning skills, and I'm able to apply that to the conduct of not only our our committee here, but helping as a member of the executive committee of the, we're calling ourselves the Philadelphia Green Building, Green Multifamily Building Group. So administrative skills help enormously when you're trying to, to push any movement forward, you know how to proceed and you bring a passion with you that helps move the entire process forward
0: So you mentioned some of the things that the task force works on include implementing recycling and composting programs within the building. How have you done that? And what has been the response from your neighbors, the residents who live there?
1: I have to say that it really helps to have a law backing you, first of all. Act 101, the Mandatory Recycling Act, uh, passed by the state in 1988, set the ball rolling for every single building and residents in the entire state of Pennsylvania. And of course, Philadelphia has its own ordinance which required buildings, residences, businesses, institutions to comply with the recycling law as well. That helps a lot. And we've had an excellent cooperation from management as well over the years, not to mention our boards of directors and our residents. So again, very, very proud of what we've accomplished.
0: How do you encourage residents to participate in these sustainable practices? Not everybody may think it's as important. We have a really
1: good uh, education committee as part of our overall green task force. We have a wonderful program committee as well. We're constantly informing our residents through tips every other week about what to do to recycle, what to do to save energy, how to compost food waste. We have programs to that effect as well to reinforce the message. We have a magazine within the Philadelphian. We just published an article for them on why recycling is working here and what the results have been. So we take advantage of every opportunity to share information with our residents and with our our management as well.
0: So there's always challenges to programs, regardless of what they are meant to address. Have you, have you experienced challenges or barriers to implementing sustainable practices in the building? And if so, how have you addressed them?
1: You know, I think that because we've been around for so long, we've inculcated a culture here of cooperation and pride. With other buildings, that's not particularly the case because they're new to this. And they have to convince boards of directors, managers, primarily those two groups, that what they're doing is worthwhile. So that's why we we work with those fledgling green committees to help them navigate the waters about how to become more successful and relate to both management and their board of directors.
0: Joan, technology changes, best practices change. Um, you know, we read every day about warming climate change, et cetera, and, and, and different programs. So how do members of the task force stay informed and updated? Are there any special websites you visit, anything you follow in particular?
1: Well, in terms of recycling, for example, and f- say food waste and the plastics industry market, markets for the materials that we do recycle, Uh, Recycling times, recycling today is very good. Waste news is extremely helpful. Uh, We have websites in our city, Green Philly, which broadcasts local sustainability news. Those three are very, very helpful to us. And for anyone who's interested in the progress of electric vehicles in the city, uh, the website electric, E-L-E-C-T-R-E-K is very
0: good. Speaking of electric vehicles, um, there's a big conversation about energy consumption right now. And we're, we're seeing um, all of the investments that are coming from the federal government into uh, sustainable energy. What specific measures has the committee taken to reduce energy consumption within the building? And what kind of results have you achieved so far?
1: We have since, I guess, 2008 worked with PICO to do what they call direct install. We have brought PICO representatives in here who have surveyed our residents about what types of lights, light bulbs they're using and have replaced them directly into the sockets free free of charge. And we've done that four times. We've saved over, well over $100,000 a year as a result of changing out incandescence, LED, and now CFL bulbs.
0: That's so a considerable, considerable it's, it's, amount of money.
1: It is considerable, and we're continuing through our education programs, now moving into other aspects of energy efficiency and energy conservation. So we're looking to, to uh, maintain the expenses that we're currently incurring, despite the fact that the costs are going up, our energy costs are staying pretty stable.
0: That's a good result. You mentioned working with PICO. Are there any other external organizations or experts that the committee works with that enhance your sustainability issues?
1: Uh, At this rate, we are investigating, uh, working with the water department to see if we can uh, acquire um, water-saving devices from them because we'd like to move into water conservation as well, uh, we are confident that we'll be able to work something with them that will help us in that area too.
0: So how, how do you measure success? Sometimes it's hard to quantify some of the things you're working on. So tell our listeners how the committee measures the success of the sustainability efforts that you implement in the building.
1: Well, Tony, as you know, it, it's data that talks So we really manage our data from all of our programs very well. And just to give you some examples in, from 2010, we have recycled household recyclables now, 1,830 tons. In 2021, we recycled household recyclables of 131 tons. We had a three hour shredding event five tons shredded in three hours. We have cooperative arrangement with Goodwill to collect closed household items, electronics and appliances in working condition. In 2021, we recycled 16 tons. Food waste, we now have a really thriving food waste collection program that our residents love. And since we started our pilot last year, in February of 22, we've recycled 3.5 tons of food waste. So that says to me, we are definitely diverting waste from the waste stream. We're definitely reducing emissions that come out of the uh, incinerators and landfills in our area, which we is the only outlet we have for disposing of trash. And so, so we know that we are succeeding and we can prove it.
0: Those are significant numbers and things you can really be proud of. Uh you mentioned a shred event. What are some of your favorite? You must do other events, the Green Task Force. So what are share with us some of your favorite Green Task Force events and why?
1: I think the um the plant material, believe it or not, is a new one. And that has become very successful. So we enjoy that too. But I'll tell you what, the the recycling, household recycling is probably the favorite because we have people coming up to us constantly and saying, thank you so much. We are so glad that we can do this in our building. And uh, someone stopped me the other day and said, I am so proud to live in this building. When you get feedback like that, it it behooves, I think, other boards of directors and managers, for example, to think about How they can instill that sense of pride in their community, knowing that that's what's working here. Perhaps they can take a lesson from that.
0: Those are good testaments. Um, Tell me, I'm I'm intrigued about the plant material event you mentioned. Tell me a little bit more about that.
1: Well, you know, we've got terraces. Lots of people don't have terraces, but we do, and we have people who are adventuresome gardeners, depending on the things they're growing but they also love to do terrace gardening. And so instead of throwing all that plant material at the end of the year into our dumpsters, we figured out we'll just have a special collection for it. So we do. There are about 10 of our members who who are in our loading dock area. We can all, We've also done it in our garage. We'll publicize the plant material collection, we'll say, Bring down your plants, no matter what they are, bring the soil, and we will compost it for you. So we're there for three hours. We collect all that material, and we give them the pots back. We have the paper, large paper compost bags that we use to collect the material. We drive it in our cars and wagons or whatever we have to the city's composting facility in Fairmont Park which is not too far from here. So we report back to our residents about what they have been able to, to compost through that program. And so, so that works that works very well.
0: That sounds like a great initiative. Uh, do you have any new events on the schedule for the coming year? We
1: are looking at um, collecting even more items. We We figure that the more items we collect, the more Recognition of the value of reusing those items that we can stimulate among our residents. And so they look forward to that. So the food waste was our latest, and we're looking now for other materials where we know we have we have markets or we can use that material well. So the other thing we're looking at now is also through our this new Green multifamily building group to work with that group to help managers understand the value of sustainability, for example. And we, uh, we just booked a couple of tours of the waste management recycling facility on Bly Avenue up by the river off the Allegheny Avenue exit. They have a wonderful recycling facility there. And we'd like to introduce more people to it managers and members of our new group, as well as any board members who'd like to join us to really understand how recycling works. I'm really excited to see what happens with that because I have a feeling, once you're inside a recycling plant, it's exciting. You know, you see everything that's going on. And even if you're skeptical about what recycling is, you become a believer.
0: Yeah, and I guess not too many people get the opportunity to go into a recycling plant. So that is interesting. Tell me about a green task force accomplishment that you're most proud of. Well, we have our green roof. I've seen the green roof, yes.
1: (laughs) That that was an eight-year project. It really turned out well. And uh, we have, uh, as I said, a large building. And it's kind of U-shaped in a way. And all of the units on Fairmount Avenue, the the backside of the building, looked down on that green roof. So one of our residents had a private appraiser come in to appraise her unit prior to sale. And the appraiser gave a specific price. And the the resident said, why don't you look out the window? And the the appraiser did and said, oh, well, I guess that adds $5,000 to the the, uh, asking price for this unit. Now, how, how practical is that? It's not only green, but it's totally practical. And that gift just keeps giving.
0: So it's interesting you, you note that. And I've never heard it described that way because not only does it add to the building sustainability initiatives, but it increases the property values too, which is another good way to tie back the importance of what you're doing to your residents and your board because it's their responsibility to make sure property values are preserved in, in, in the condo association. So that's a really great, two 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 positives came out of one project.
1: Absolutely right. And we still have individuals who come up to us and say, I am so glad that I have a backyard. Because other than that, it was an ugly asphalt roof.
0: Right. So Joan, I mentioned at the start, you and I've worked together a bit over the years. We've done some sustainability programs, the condo congress a number of years ago, uh, where we focused on sustainability issues. There's a lot of condos in the city, a lot of buildings. Philadelphia is the largest, but there's other high-rises. What advice would you give to other condominiums or community associations, whether they're in Philadelphia or, you know, someone could be tuning into this from Pittsburgh or from wherever? What advice would you give to other associations looking to start their own green committees?
1: Well, the evidence is in
0: that being a sustainable building
1: pays. And boards of directors have a fiduciary responsibility to their residents, not only to maintain the assessments through energy efficiencies, but to maintain the market value of the building as well through the reputation that the building generates as being responsible to its residents. And I don't think managers, boards of directors see that sustainability pays in the end. Once they can adjust to that thought process, it really behooves them to look to this new Philadelphia green building, green multifamily group. We're sponsored by the Green, Green Building United, you could go on Green Building United's website and you can learn more about it, but you could also ask for help in learning more, but also beginning to implement your own plan through the advice that we can provide for you and the programs that we can provide for, for you as well. If you really are a board member or manager who wants to grab onto this for all the right reasons.
0: Final question for you, Joan. Um, share with us, if you will, for our listeners, what you think the future holds for the recycling and sustainability movement, and what state, what steps all of us can take now to ensure a greener future. Well, I think it, I
1: think the writing's been on the wall for a little bit. That sustainability is mandated now globally. That European countries, China and others, some it's other Asian countries are really developing a very advanced sustainability plan. And it includes every aspect of saving money while saving emissions, making the, the world a more sustainable place. And it's something that is undeniable. It may, it will come. It's just a question of wrapping your head, head around it and moving forward. The whole idea of electrification of buildings has gained enormous amounts of steam here. Not to, no pun intended, but you know, many of our newer buildings already are electrified. Others are not. The idea of converting, for example, from gas heat to electric heat is truly challenging, but it needs to be developed at some point. The um, again, the saving money as costs go up and they will go up for fossil fuels, for example, and for buildings that don't maintain energy efficient operations or envelopes, they'll pay the price. So we all have to get on the same page here because, you know, we're not only talking tree hugging stuff going on here. We're talking about fiduciary responsibility. We're talking about saving money. But in this world where prices are only going up, we're just talking common sense.
0: Yeah. And it, and it, in the end, it really all does come down to the money in many cases, doesn't it? It does. Well, Joan, thank you for joining me today. This has been a terrific conversation on Community Matters. I hope this information will be useful to other community associations that would like to follow the example of the Philadelphian Green Task Force. Thanks for listening to Community Matters. We're glad to have your attention for a short time. And thanks once more to the sponsor of Community Matters podcast, Hoffman HOA Law. You can find them on the web at hoffmanhoalaw.com. Interested in being a guest on an upcoming episode of Community Matters? Reach out to me at tony at caikeystone.org. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you'll get notifications every time we post a new episode. And please share our podcasts with your colleagues and friends. For more resources and best practices on managing and governing your condominium, cooperative, or homeowners association, please contact CAI or visit our website at www.caikeystone.org. Thanks again for listening.